0: This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey bartender Welcome back to Hey Center Podcast, the podcast that is the person that is standing up for the service industry. That's right, people. You've got a voice, and he, once in a while, makes sense if he feels like it. I am your host. I am Anthony. I am the dude. Right now I'm recording this live on Instagram because I'm bored. Uh, it's really late at night, really late Friday night, and uh, I accidentally took a huge nap as soon as I got home from work. Uh, my day job, and I just all of a sudden decided, you know what, I'm going to be up for a little while tonight, so I'm going to go see who's online, and I just realized that majority of my demographic, uh, they're all at work right now on a Friday night, so um, doing the Instagram live is probably a waste of time, but I'm going to let it run anyways uh, while I record this episode, so uh, yeah, How's how's everybody else doing tonight? Uh, uh, by the time this uh, gets aired, this will be Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're, uh, you know, Instagram people, if uh, if you get to see it early, cool. If you didn't, sorry for not letting anybody know that I was doing it. All right, for tonight's drink special, I uh, decided to look up Google's most Googled uh, cocktail there uh, out there. And uh, I came up with something that dis- uh, doesn't disappoint. This is called the porn star martini, uh, and let's see how how do we make that? Uh, well, uh, you know, being an American, I have trouble with some of these how uh, 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 some of these measurements and give you guys things in milliliters. Most of us deal with ounces because our shot glasses are in ounces, and we don't know, or at least I don't know, the milliliters. Some of you people that live outside the United States would probably get it, but uh, anyway. So this is called the Porn Star Martini. This I got off Liquor.com, and what it says about it is this. Let's forget about the second half of this drink's name for a moment. It doesn't remotely resemble a classic martini. As for the first part, it's said said by some that the creator, bartender Douglas, name I can't pronounce, uh, thought it was something that a porn star would order. Uh, Other stories hold that it was inspired by the smell of a stripper's perfume. In any case... This crowd-pleasing combination of vanilla and passion fruit accompanied by a shot of sparkling wine, which has spread far from its origins at London's Townhouse Bar in the early 2000s to be adopted by bars the world over. Certainly a star. Now, the ingredients that you need to make the porn star cocktail let go as follows. Uh, the ingredients are one and a half ounces of vanilla-flavored vodka, A half ounce of passion fruit liqueur, such as de Kuyper. One ounce of passion uh, fruit puree. One half ounce of lime juice, freshly squeezed. One half ounce of vanilla simple syrup. Two ounces of sparkling wine, preferably chilled. Garnish, half cup passion fruit. Now, how you make this. Add all the ingredients except for the sparkling wine into your shaker and shake the shit out of it until it's well chilled. They they didn't say shake the shit out of it on Liquor.com. I just added that for uh, effect. Uh, Second, strain into a chilled coupe glass. Then you garnish it with the passion fruit half and serve with a sparkling wine sidecar on the side. And that's what they call the Porn Star cocktail. or I'm sorry, Porn Star Martini. And that is the most Googled cocktail there is out there right now. So if you guys go out there and give it a try and uh, make this drink, uh, let me know what you thought about it because I don't uh, get out there that much to try these drinks. And plus, uh, I, at this part of my life where I it, I don't drink much alcohol, I think even the smell of an opening Coors Light would probably put me on my ass. But, you know, at least I'm being truthful to you guys uh, uh, that, you know, I'm a bartender and I don't drink. It That used to weird my customers out all the time. Let's see, for today's episode of Hey Bartender Podcast, you know, I was screwing around Yahoo recently, and Google does these videos all the time uh, where they ask celebrities to Google themselves, you know, answer their most popular Googled questions about that particular celebrity. Like when they ask uh, Paul McCartney, uh, is Paul McCartney dead? And he's standing there holding the sign. Now, you know, there's conspiracies that go along with that. Uh, Or when they ask Jennifer Lawrence if she was... Uh, in a movie when it was actually a different actress completely. And so I, I started sitting back thinking about, well, what are the most Google questions about bartenders? There's got to be some out there. And I jumped on my cell phone and it didn't disappoint at all. Um, so we're going to start off this episode with uh, the Google question, why do bartenders? And then let Google automatically fill in the rest of the question and we're going to try to answer them. Uh, if anybody that might have joined me on Instagram uh, wants to add into this, uh, feel free to jump in whenever you want. But the first question, why do bartenders open your cans? Now, uh, this one is, has to do with liquor laws in your area. Now, you cannot give a closed container to a customer. Liquor control commissions all say that. they, uh, When you hand somebody a beer... Let's say you have to pop the cap or crack the, uh, crack the can before you hand it to them because there's too much possibility of the person picking up that drink and taking it outside or uh, bringing it in their car. you got to open it right away and then hand it to the customer. It's, that's just the law, pretty much. Okay, next question. Why do bartenders rinse beer glasses? Seriously? People are wondering that? Really, uh, it's a question of sanitary. I, uh, that's pretty much the reason why that I would do it. I mean, h- how bad do you want a beer glass that uh, is dirty or has lipstick stains or uh, whatever else? That that's just a question of sanitary. Okay, why do bartenders ring a bell? Ah, that's a fun question. I like that one. Um, bar- bartenders, uh, if uh, I don't see it very often in many bars nowadays, but when you go to the old hole in the wall. Uh, bars, they have a bell up on top, and every once in a while, the bartender will ring it. Now, the reason why that I'm told, because uh, I've only uh, worked in one bar that had a bell, and I never got to ring it, and because I, I was only a guest bartender for a night or two, um, the the bell was a way to signal the rest of the customers that the bartender just got a big tip. Or it's a way to get everybody's attention when you have to announce something like, say, uh, somebody just uh, got some good news or maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, you want to announce last call. But uh, the most reason that I've ever seen in a bar that somebody would ever use the uh, bell behind the bar is when they got a big tip. And the funny thing about that is I've talked to a couple of bartenders who have had a bell behind the, their bar. And these uh, people say, uh, you know, hand them 50 cents uh, uh, tip on their one beer and say, hey, ring the bell. And they say, the bartender will say, you don't get a bell ring for only 50 cents. You're going to have to do better than that. And, you know, uh, but traditionally, from what I'm told, the bell behind the bar is to signal everybody. I just got a big tip, and uh, some people think it's in hopes to uh, encourage other people to tip more, and other uh, or you know just a way to celebrate. Uh, if you don't have a uh, bell behind your bar, ask your manager if you get well, you can get one. You can have a lot of fun with it. Okay. Uh, next question here uh, why do bartenders shake drinks well that all has to do with mixing up the uh, mixing up all the ingredients some cocktails uh, you mix them together and they don't mix right away and I'm I'm kind of making up this answer I think but they don't mix right away so you want it to get that good mix so you get the good flavor or the uh, it, the real mixture out of it. So uh yeah so everybody shakes drinks and thanks to uh previous guests uh on my show who was it uh who was it she would probably kill me that i forgot her name uh, but uh uh one of my earliest guests on this show Randy Lynn Lambert when she was describing her drink special on the episode that she was on a few years back uh she uh, always said shake the shit out of the drink and I've been using that term ever since, uh, pretty much, because I think it's just fucking hilarious. Okay, uh, why do bartenders wear armbands? Now that uh, has only come up uh, that uh, has only come up for me going to bars only recently. Uh, I've noticed that the bartenders wear armbands as a place to keep their bottle opener because we got those big uh, paddle bottle openers, and you know sometimes. It, Bartender might not have pockets depending on who they are or uh, they don't want to just leave it on top of the bar for somebody to steal it or they misplace it for the whole shift until the uh, the next time where they absolutely don't need it after closing time. And then they go, God damn it. It's been right here the whole time. Uh, so, yeah, the most of the time they'll have that armband there to uh, kind of holster their bottle opener. And. Uh, just the paddle, uh, the paddle bottle openers, not like the wine openers. Uh, I don't think anybody ever tries to uh, holster one of those; they might hurt themselves. But uh, yeah, that's mostly the reason why is just so they have a place to put their uh, uh, put their bottle opener. Next question. Uh, next question. Why do bartenders hate lemon drops? Bartenders hate lemon drops. It used to be one of my biggest sellers. Uh, lemon drops and, uh, uh, raspberry, f- no, not the raspberry fucker. Uh, and maybe that was, it was called the raspberry fucker. Well, there was different, you know, different drinks with different names. It's all, uh, relative at this point, but, uh, lemon drops, they, uh, I don't, I don't, I never hated making them, but they are time consuming. If you're running a bar, that is uh, all of a sudden you're on a busy night that's running five wide, five deep. You want to just knock out those uh, drinks as fast as you possibly can. And when somebody orders a drink that you can't just uh, mixer or use your spirit in your mixer and then throw the drink out, uh, it's uh, it gets a little time consuming. And then the other people have to wait and the other people get start to get... Impatient. So you got to make a lemon drop. Okay, cool. You take your shaker, you throw your ice and pour the vodka in. Then you got to squeeze a bunch of lemons in there, throw a couple sugar packets. This is just the way I make it. You people might make it way different than I do. Uh, And then you shake the shit out of it. And then you sugar rim your glass and make sure the glass is nice and chilled. And then you pour it in there. Then you can finally serve it. It takes a while. uh, And that's the reason why uh, uh, most people hate. Uh, lemon drops well i i didn't really hate them because that was one of my more popular drinks that i ever made and uh but you know if you really want to get on my bad side you uh ask for a blended drink yeah you'll get me to cuss at you i'll still make it but i'll cuss at you uh we already answered that one uh why do bartenders smoke the glass i never had to deal with that i mean uh I mean, I found it really tough to keep the glass lit, uh, but uh, okay, bad joke. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize to everybody. I mean, uh, uh, but smoke the glass. That just has to do with uh, how you uh, how you serve uh, various different drinks. It's uh, some people enjoy their whiskey with a little bit of a hint of like, uh, like say mesquite or hickory taste to it get that, uh, get a smoky flavor out of, out of it. I'm not really sure. Uh, I've never, uh, my, uh, back when I used to bartend, that wasn't a thing yet, at least not where I used to work. Okay. So I ran out of questions there. So let's, uh, change it up a little bit. Okay. Now I've Googled how do bartenders and we let, bar, uh, Google finish up the, uh, the rest of the questions. So how do bartenders get paid? Now, that I have found out because of this podcast varies from area to area, from state to state, maybe even city to city, maybe even bar to bar for all I care. Uh, Some uh, bartenders, they get paid minimum wage. Some bartenders uh, get paid uh, a little bit more than minimum wage because technically they're handling uh, more than just bar duties. They're also handling managerial duties. Uh, But some bartenders work on tips alone. And I find that absolutely disgusting. Uh, but, uh, and I, I have a hard time trying to figure out if that's legal, really. I mean, uh, to only get paid on tips alone, and then you have to tip out the rest of your crew. You know, you have to tip out your bus, or you have to tip out your cooks, your dishwashers. And uh, so you're not only getting your own personal wage, but you're paying everybody else's too. It's uh, just crazy to me bartenders get paid in some states with a weekly check and their take-home pay with their tips we all know that at least mostly I'm ho- I'm hoping the demographic that I'm talk uh, talking to uh, people in the service industry uh, we get paid uh, with tips and some of us get paid with actual paychecks we get uh, get a weekly check or a bi-weekly check with our hourly wage on it now for you guys that don't get an hourly wage. Uh, I feel sorry for you, but you all seem, most of you seem happy as a pig in shit just that you have a job and you get to do a job that you love. So, uh, so you know, more power to you guys. I mean, you guys are just fucking awesome. Um, but some of the bartenders that I've talked to that uh, actually go home in the negative because they're forced to tip out certain amounts. Not just percentages, but certain amounts of their tips to uh a lot of uh, a lot of the other people that work there and end up going home in the negative God, I feel sorry for you guys, and you know if you have the opportunity i'm not if you love the place you work by all means stay there, but if you really don't uh if you realize one day you're not happy there, look for another damn job because you're being treated extremely unfairly. And I'm talking about uh, these corporate agencies that I'm not going to name any, but uh, these corporate agencies that force their employees to do that. And not to mention the employees that have to uh, basically work for free. They don't get an hourly wage, but they work solely on tips. But they're the person that has to run the food to Uber Eats or uh, uh, the that Dash whatever uh because all they do is hand the food over to the delivery driver, and the delivery driver, they get the tip. The uh, uh, the company that they're working for gets a portion of that. Completely unfair. Now, next question. How do bartenders keep track of tabs? That uh, is, uh, once again, that depends on where you work. Now, I've worked at a bar where we kept track of tabs by keeping uh, pieces of paper on the bar and we, uh, write in on the piece of paper, uh, update it constantly whenever the person ordered another drink or, uh, whatever. Uh, but I've also worked at other bars where I used the point of sale system on a computer touchscreen, you know, all that. And the, uh, we kept track of it that way now to keep, but we can keep track of tabs and we can keep track of your drinks. We recognize who you are. We, uh, remember your face when you come up to the bar and order another drink but if you don't know the person well I totally suggest to you people ask them for their debit card or the credit card to keep it behind the bar just in case they decide to walk out or they forget to pay their tab or I mean it happens so it's just it's an honest mistake they forget oh forgot to pay my tab I'll be right back or you know they' They just get outside, and then you lock the door, and they, uh, you know, it just, that's one of those things that where the customer has to build up trust with you before you can start uh, keeping a tab without uh, keeping their credit card behind the bar. The funny thing about that is I, uh, at the places where I was brand new, I didn't know any of the customers from Job. And so with that in mind, where I decided... Okay, if I don't know you, I got to keep your credit card behind the behind the bar, and so I would say to these people, you know, they'd say, "Give me two quarters lights," and I say, "All right, here's your two quarters lights. That's four fifty. Actually, cost two and a quarter for a quarter light back then." And they'd go, uh, "Just put it on a tab," and I'd start the tab and I say, "Hey, uh, sure, I'll put it on tab. Can I get your uh, credit card, please?" And they would look at you and they're like, "Are you kidding?" I come to this bar all the time. I shouldn't have to give you. And I'm just like, listen, I just met you. I haven't gotten the list of regular customers yet. And, you know, they, a lot of people don't understand. And then they start trying to pull their weight saying, "Uh, well, I come here all the time. And I'm just, I don't know you. Uh, I'm the new bartender. And so far you're not getting on my good side. So Anyway, uh, yeah, that that's how I used to keep track of tabs, uh, how you guys keep track of tabs. That's all you. I went to another bar one time, and uh, they kept tr- track of their tabs. They would put it in the point-of-sale system and then immediately put it, uh, print out a receipt and then put it in a rocks glass right in front of you to keep track of what you ordered. Uh, I guess it was a way so that the customer would be able to uh, remember, remember and keep track of what they're drinking or how much they're spending. Uh, that was a pretty good idea yeah i thought that was it uh i didn't have any problem with that how do bartenders remember drinks uh practice uh repetition uh and keeping uh, some kind of uh book whether it's the boston's bartender guide or uh idiot's guide to bartending keep a book behind the bar uh the game, name of the game, uh, mostly when it comes to repetition, because a lot of bars, like the bars I used to work at, it wasn't that big of a deal. You didn't make r- ultra-complicated drinks all the time. You know, the most complicated drink that I would make were either the AMFs or the Long Island iced teas. But majority of the people just drank a liquor in a mixer, rum and Cokes, Jack and Cokes, vodka crayons, screwdrivers. Uh, and But the uh, thing about it is, Every once in a while, somebody would ask uh, for a drink. I had absolutely no idea what it was. Now, some people would run to their Boston's bartender guide or something like that and look it up. But then you make that drink and you hand it to them and then they say, this is not what I ordered. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. And so you try to uh, look it up again. Well, According to the Boston's bartender guide, it, that's that's how you're supposed to make it. And they say, no, you're supposed to make it this way. So you got to go back and uh, make them another drink. Now, when it comes to uh, how to pay for that, if you either eat the liquor costs, pay for the old drink yourself because the co- customer wasn't happy with the original drink, that's totally up to you and what your boss thinks. But um, there is a million different ways to make a million different drinks made a million different ways. I mean, I've said this to you guys a thousand times before. You've got a simple drink, buttershots, Bailey's layered in a shot glass. Some people call it a slippery nipple. Somebody somebody calls it a cowboy cocksucker. Somebody calls it a copper camel. And so every once in a while you're going to for, uh, you know, be like, uh, what is that? And then they tell you how to make it. And you're like, Oh, that's a, and then you, uh, you make them, drink that you know it as something else when it comes to making a drink for a customer uh if you don't know it just ask them because they won't look down on you Uh, well there might be the occasional occasional asshole that will say excuse me but you're the bartender you're supposed to know how to make those drinks yeah there might be the occasional asshole every now and then that will uh be like that to you but majority of the time I bet you people will be more than happy to tell you how they make their uh, how to make their drink because at that point they're comfortable in knowing that they are going to get their drink made the way they like it and it's going to be good. So, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Uh next most uh next Google question, how do part bartenders count ounces? Now, back in my day, this is going to uh, going to get on my nerves a little bit back in my day bartenders counted ounces by counting to four you want to count an ounce count to four one one thousand two one thousand three one thousand four one thousand that's all you needed to know some bartenders would use a shot glass that had a line on it and they'd pour straight to the line and then dump it into the drink And when you count, I mean, I was telling you about how to make a porn star martini in there. It was saying one and a half ounces of vanilla vodka. So you already know that one ounce is a four count. So obviously, if you do the math, uh, one and a half ounces would be a six count. So, you know, four counts for a full ounce, uh, uh, two, two counts for a half ounce. So you count one, two, three, four, five, six. That's an ounce and a half. There are some uh bartenders out there that can count an ounce. I've met them, and they're awesome. They count uh their uh uh they can pour one ounce shot without looking without thinking nothing but it became uh obsessive compulsive for me whenever I poured any kind of shot I would automatically one two and then put the bottles down but uh yeah bartenders are trained. It used to be uh, that the bartenders would, uh, when they got trained, they would teach them how to pour and basically said, uh, this is how you pour. If you can count to four, you're good to go. Now get behind the bar and start pouring drinks. Nowadays, they use bubble pours. Now these uh, stupid things uh, are this little air bubble with a ball bearing inside it that's supposed to be if you use it right, uh, that you pour the bottle and it's after uh, after however long the when the bot when the ball bearing hits the bottom of the uh, the jigger, that's supposed to pour a true ounce. Now I've found those things to be super inaccurate, especially with the extremely sugary liqueurs. Let's say like Bailey's, Uh, I would not use, I hate jiggers. I think they take away all the creativity in bartending. If you want robot bartenders, go hire a fucking robot. And because uh, there's creativity, there's favorite customers, there's asshole customers. And some managers don't realize that, sure, you may have poured a little heavy handed to one uh, customer, but you made up for it with a customer that you didn't like. And, you know, we're not McDonald's. It's not going to be the same in every restaurant that you go to. And so, uh, you know, the these pourable jiggers, they advertise them all the time. Pours a perfect shot every time. No, they fucking don't. And then when you talk to the distributor about it the, and they say, well, then you're not cleaning them right. You got to put them in this special bucket and then agitate it. Uh, they just made the bar spend more money. And... Uh, there have been times where I've actually broken those things just so I don't have to use them. And yeah, my boss got mad over that. All right. Next question. Uh, oh, that's the same thing. How do bartenders measure shots? See the last two, three minutes. Uh, how do bartenders dress usually with clothes? Well, no, I guess that would depend on where you work. Yeah. Um, uh, how do bartenders dress? We dress like everybody else. Uh, that's that's such a weird question. When I worked behind the bar, um, most of the places that I worked, they would uh, i I wore a uniform shirt. You know, it said the name of the bar on the shirt, on the t shirt or the um, polo shirt that I wore. Some bars have themes, and uh, at one time I had to wear a Hawaiian shirt whenever I was behind the bar. Um, and some bars were just like, just wear something that advertises something that we serve here. So if you if you serve Coors there, wear a Coors shirt. If you uh, serve Jack Daniels, you can totally wear a Jack Daniels t-shirt. But uh, other bars, you know, they, they're a little bit more lax where, uh, you you know, on Sundays, some people traditionally come in at wearing a football jersey, whoever they're rooting for that day, or if they just want to piss off their customers because, it's obviously a 49ers barb so they come in and wear a Patriots uh, Patriots jersey but um, it's it just all depends on the place. I mean the corporate places the you're gonna wear a uniform. everybody dresses the same so that the customers know uh, who's working the floor and who isn't. Um, if you work in some place uh, that has a specific theme to it, once again, you're gonna be wearing some kind of uniform. Uh, go to like Hooters uh, or uh, Chippendales. I don't know. Yeah, you're going to see people wearing specific things at specific, uh, be- because of the theme of the restaurant or the way the corporation wants to be seen because you know they want you to wear a uniform because you're a team. You, know, you all dress the same and you all work together. And you, so, some of you people have to work in restaurants where I feel completely sorry for you that you have to dress the way you do. I'm not going to name any places, but uh, based on the uniform alone, if I came in there, fill in an application, then somebody walked by me with the uniform, I would tear up the application, throw it on the table, and walk out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I already talked to you about how to make a lemon drop. Let's see. What else can we bring up here? Well, let's see. I've decided to change it up a little bit. Uh, let's uh, do the, the most common questions for on Google for why do servers? Oof, these are tough ones. Um, let's see. Uh why do servers make so little? Yeah, that's not a question that I'm actually really prepared to answer. I can give you theories and uh uh maybe we can uh, maybe we can shed a little bit of light on it. Why do servers make so little? Uh Typically, in most service industry jobs, servers make minimum wage. But some of some servers make less than minimum wage. In fact, majority of these questions on Google about why do servers, it's all about pay, and uh, you know why do they get paid this much? Why do they get paid less? Why do they get taxed so much? Now, um, why do servers make so little? Now, minimum wage, in my opinion, should be the absolute minimum, but some bars in some areas have figured out a way around to that to pay less than minimum wage because they're counting the server's uh, tips as income. And, uh, you know, it's not a gratuity anymore. So a lot of uh, people uh, think, you know, you know, why am I uh, giving you money to do your job? You're uh, The customer is actually paying part of your wage at this point. And we all, real. Uh, some of us actually realize that. And at least that's the way this happens in America. I had, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I had a email from a guy in Spain that said uh, that he gets paid an hourly wage and he gets paid uh, and he's able to live very comfortably on his wages. Good for fucking you. That's not the way it happens here in America. But, you know, at least in some parts of America. But yeah, uh, uh restaurants, Pay the service industry servers minimum wage or less, and count their and expect the uh, servers to be uh to uh uh what's what's the word called claim uh expect the servers to claim their tips at the end of the night. Now back in the eighties, uh you know the nineteen eighties, years and years ago, uh. Servers used to make bank because, you know, you got your hourly wage and you got uh, your take-home pay. And then something that I know very little about, something called Reaganomics, brought on by President, former President uh, Reagan, uh, he changed things around so that servers absolutely had to claim their tips because he found out that was an income that we weren't getting taxed on. And so he figured out a way that we absolutely had to get taxed on. And then that pretty much ruined uh, the money uh, the money business of being a server. Uh, I mean, you could make bank be able to support a family being a server, being a bartender, being a cook. But then all of a sudden Reaganomics kicked in, and then the economy kind of took a big shit in the 80s. Uh, I mean, there were some good things that uh, uh, President Reagan did, but when it came to economically... Uh, it beat the shit out of a lot of people. And I'm not just talking about people that work in the service industry. My dad has actually, uh, uh, my dad actually claimed that, uh, Reaganomics sucks. And I said, why do you say that? He said, do you remember me being employed in the eighties? And I said, well, you tried to, to start your own home business. And he said, yeah. And I made nothing. I have absolutely nothing. My dad, my father tried to uh, start his own business as a computer programmer back when computer programmers weren't as common as they are today, or at least people that claim to be computer programmers. I mean, anybody that uh, can use Windows or open an Apple laptop nowadays, hey, I'm a programmer now. But back in those days where you actually had to write code in order to run a simple program uh, that my dad could do that, not a lot of people could. But, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of, uh, uh, there was a lot of, uh, things that happened back in those days that, uh, servers were making bank at first as a, uh, in the eighties, but all of a sudden Reaganomics took, took place. And so, uh, relying on tips became a huge deal, which is the next question that came up on a Primo 34, um, came up on Google's, uh, most uh, uh, most googled question about why do servers why do servers rely on tips? because it's money that we have in our hand right now and you know so it gives we don't have to wait till uh, uh, at the end of the week or two weeks from now it it's money that we got in our pocket right now and so we can easily if we find out that we're going to be uh, a couple bucks short on rent that month, pick up an extra shift or take it out of the tip jar or something like that. And, uh, you know, we, it, it was like a safeguard. It, it felt good to have on in our pockets, a little bit of money every, every single day instead of working from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. Hell, if at the job that I do during the day, now and day nowadays gave me my hourly wage at the end of the day, I'd be happy as a pig in shit. But unfortunately, that's not how the world works. You got to wait until uh, the pay period's over and uh, learn how to actually budget. So, and some of you, uh, some people out there uh, that are listening to this podcast are uh, probably sitting there saying, well, you ha- should learn how to budget so you can uh, live your life properly. Yeah, well, sometimes that doesn't all work out, does it? Um, why do servers go down? Well, I suppose that depends on the server. I had a server that uh, uh, went and, uh, took customers into the bathroom. Whoa! Wait a minute. I don't think that's what uh, what that question means. I don't. What do they mean by go down? Ah. Uh, uh, why do servers crash? Uh, well, once again, let, let's get deeper into that. Uh, some of the possible causes are. Oh, that's computer jargon uh wrong kind of server um that's probably why uh it said why do servers go down is because uh it was talking about something else uh why do servers get paid less why do um servers get paid 213 an hour yeah a lot of people uh ask that uh i i can understand why on google they uh that's one of the most google questions of why do servers get paid as much as they are? Because uh, people are overly concerned. Why do I have to tip this person? Or uh, maybe somebody comes home and says, "Why do I get paid so little?" And and, and you know, it, some people just sit back and think. Well, I remember having a conversation with a guy about it. He said, why don't they just pay the servers more? And yeah, uh, why don't you pay the servers more? Uh, it comes to down to costs. And a lot of these corporate restaurants have uh, really tried to cut down costs in every single way, shape, and form. Where it's almost disgusting. You can't even consider it a restaurant anymore because it's not. Uh, it, it's a meal, but it, you can easily buy it at the grocery store, warm, warm it up in your microwave, and do it yourself. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to name names of any of the corporate restaurants, but some of the, a lot of the corporate restaurants out there. They don't really cook. There's really no grills back there. It might be a deep fryer or two, but a lot of the stuff is just warmed up and thrown on onto, onto a plate and given to you, because they want the high turnover. They uh, get one customer in, get one customer out, and uh, also some of the places, in order to save money, they uh, have to shave away at the wages. It, it's all about at the end of the day about the big wigs making the money. And it affects the, uh, the people down at the very bottom. It affects all of us. And it's unfortunate, really. Okay, we're going to change it up again. Okay, now uh, I have Googled uh, why do restaurants. And now I lost it. Um, do... Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, why do restaurants say 86? Uh, that's uh, number one on the most Googled question uh, about restaurants. Uh, why, do, why do restaurants say 86? That is an old traditional saying. Uh, 80 I'm going to actually read the Google answer to that. 86 is a commonly used term in restaurants that indicates an item is out of stock or no longer available to be served to guests. This happens often, especially with seasonal special or limited ability, uh, availability items. And it could also indicate that the inventory has gone bad. Uh, I think there's a little bit more to that. Um, uh, Cause uh, a lot of uh, the 86 has been used for a different, uh, a lot of different things over the years. Now, uh, 86 to me, uh used used to be uh that somebody has just been kicked out and can never come back you are gone and that was uh it wasn't exactly a code word but uh uh you know that was uh that was what the term that we used when we decided to get rid of somebody or eject somebody from a bar um and it's just uh Uh, The origin, I'm going to look it up here, Uh, as far back as the 1930s, uh, it was just uh, slang for getting rid of something. And so when you tell somebody uh, you've just been 86, that means you're out of here. And that's the end of that. Oh, why do I keep losing the Google page? Uh, Let's see. Why do restaurants fail? That is a big deal right now. Uh, some restaurants fail due to lack of business, bad location, uh, bad service, bad food. There's a 1,004 different reasons why a business can fail. Any business. This is not just any, uh, any restaurant. You can be working at the nicest, cleanest restaurant with the greatest food, but it, uh, if you're in the middle of a shopping mall or a strip mall, nobody sees you. You might fail. It, maybe you don't advertise enough. Maybe you, uh, you know, you can't bring. You're not able to bring in the customers and bring in the money. The, there's a thousand factors to uh, why do restaurants fail, and you know the Karens and the Chads out there. They'll make up their own reasons, saying they wouldn't let me sit upside down in my chair, and I believe that's a slight against my civil rights. Uh, that's the reason why they failed. You know, no, that's that you know what would scare me is if that was actually true and not just me joking around uh anyway uh why do restaurants play loud music oh well loud music it's fun uh and you know it brings to the ambience to the restaurant i mean have you ever been in a restaurant that doesn't play music it's weird i mean it's just like ghost town and you're not really encouraged to talk you're just it, you're just kind of sitting there it you're like sitting in a cave somewhat to me and so that's why things like muzak and uh pe- why people use spotify or sonos or jukeboxes uh, in a restaurant and it, it's just to liven things up a little bit and, uh, bring a little bit more atmosphere to the place now google answers this question by saying loud music makes us drunk There's a scientific proof that the louder and faster the music, the faster and often more uh, people eat and drink. In the past, corporate restaurants chains have developed soundtracks that switch to a higher tempo music at a louder volume when they want to turn tables. Okay, so there might be a little bit of psychological um, uh, thing to it that I never knew until now. And, uh, so, Hey, I learned something too. It's always cool to learn something, you know, uh, you know, how boring would life be if you didn't learn things every now and then got that from Dr. Who I've been binge watching Dr. Who lately. Um, yeah. So playing loud music. Well, to me, I thought it was an ambience thing, but it's actually, uh, some places probably actually do believe it's a psychological thing. So if they're slow one day, you might be hearing things like foreigner and air supply uh, but if they really want to turn the tables uh, fast, they might be playing, uh, you know, the more upbeat pop music like uh, Bieber or uh, Britney or uh, something. I suppose, you know, Let's some of you people try that out in your restaurant. Uh, when it's dead, uh, I want you to play um, Nickelback and hope that customers actually will come in. And, but when uh, the place is really busy, start playing some Slayer and see if people just drink the shit out of everything and give me another one. Ah! Yeah, but um, why do restaurants close on Mondays? Not all restaurants close on Mondays, but uh, you know, some restaurants might uh, might close on Mondays just to get a day off. Because uh, I've run small, I've helped people run small businesses before. And usually in the early days, uh, they're working with a very, very small crew, so the manager has to be there twenty-four seven. And some they sometimes they just need a day off for Christ's sakes. And uh some managers uh probably, you know, use that day off to just relax or something like that. But some managers also don't trust their employees. So in order to get a day off, they have to shut the place down. Uh, why do restaurants put chairs on the table? Really, do people really have to ask this question? Uh, we put the chairs on the tables so we can vacuum the floors. That's the reason why. Uh, I mean, all, all of us bartenders at the end of the night, we've had to put the bar stools up on top of the bar. We've had to put the ta- uh the chairs up on the tables just so we can get the vacuum cleaner in there. It's not rocket scientists. People actually. That's one of the top questions on this Google list. Uh, why do restaurants hate DoorDash? Yeah, once again, I've actually said this earlier in the show. Uh, DoorDash, the restaurants make the money. The uh, uh, DoorDash makes the money. The person delivering DoorDash gets a tip. But they uh, a lot of corporate restaurants have elected one person to uh, make the food. Now, when I used to work in a restaurant and somebody ordered food to go, we uh, call somebody call up and go, hi, what can I do for you? Uh, we would uh, when the person makes their order, we complete the order and we cash the person out. Oftentimes, I would give the tip to the cook because they did all the work. And so, uh, you know, because I didn't serve the guy. All I did was just cash him out. You guys made the food. Good job. Here's the money from uh, from the sale. Now, DoorDash, from the way it's been explained to me from guests that have been on my show, uh, well, there's been one person that's been elected to run the food out to the DoorDash or uh, Uber Eats or something like that. And like I said, the restaurant makes the money on the sale. DoorDash makes money on the delivery fees. And the person doing the DoorDash, the, the, the driver or the bicycle rider, they get tipped for that. But that one server in the middle gets nothing. If they're lucky, they get their hourly wage. But like I said earlier, some of these servers out there, uh, they don't make, a full, uh, make the full minimum wage or they don't make a wage at all. And they're just standing there working for free or little to nothing. And yeah, sometimes it's a little bit unfair, but that's the way the business works. And until uh, people, maybe until people aren't so scared to go outside anymore, um, it's not going to change. And that's unfortunate. Well, that was pretty fun uh, doing those answer the Google questions. Uh, I may do this again sometime if I come up with another idea for it. But until then, people, it is last call. Last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar because DoorDash don't deliver from Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank Google for giving me this idea. I'd like to thank uh, uh, people that do these uh, YouTube videos of most Google questions, because, uh, it, that was the, this was a fun idea to do for a podcast. Um, remember people, if you want to, ca- uh, follow Hey Bartender podcast, you can find me on social media. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all of them at Hey Bartender podcast. If you want to contact me through email it, my email is dude at Hey Bartender podcast at dot com. If you want to be a guest on Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is message me. I would love to have more guests on this year. I've got a great show coming up. You're going to love it. Um, and uh, she'll be my first guest of the year. Make sure you, uh, you're you paying attention to wherever you listen to Hey Bartender Podcast. And uh, for when that show to come up, I think it's going to come up probably next Saturday. Uh, you'll just pay attention to social medias and stuff. You'll find out who it is. And, uh, you know, if you have any drinks or if you have any stories to tell, uh, message me or email me. In fact, I'm on Anchor FM right now, and there is a spot on Anchor FM where you can either leave me a written message or a voice message. So look for Hey Bartender Podcast on anchor.fm and either listen to me there or leave me a message. I'd love to hear from any of you guys out there. Also uh gotta give a special big thanks to Laura Hope and the Arctones for the song Dr. Bartender that I use on this show. Go check out Laura Hope and the Arctones on any of your streaming services or visit their website uh Hope and the Uh I, well, I'm, I'm sorry, it's Laura Hope and the dot com. Check out their music buy some of their swag, get their vinyl albums. Uh, I bought a couple myself, and they're just awesome. Are they awesome because they're on vinyl? Well, duh. New episodes of Hey Bartender Podcast come out uh, usually every Saturday. Sometimes I do a Wednesday episode if I have a lot to say. But uh, remember to keep listening, keep following, uh, and tell your friends. uh, uh, And if you want to be a guest, make sure you message me. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, I'd like to thank all of you for listening and wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. <laughs> I, I think I need another drink. What do you mean it's go? I just got hit.